0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. What up, guys? Nick McVicker here, as always, on a Saturday. It is scorching hot here in Mississauga, and it's going to just get worse throughout the day. But thankfully, I am joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my great co-host, Irfan Manji. Irfan, how are you doing today, buddy?
1: Good. Um, it is getting warmer. This whole weekend is going to be gross. So uh, everyone who's out, have some water. Stay inside if you can. But enjoy the nice sun. And social distance. Jeez.
0: Yeah, get in the shade and get some water. You'll be fine. It's, it's all good. Yeah. You just, you just got to get in the shade. I went for a walk yesterday. I don't walk or fun. You know that. I, I got out and walked yesterday. So. Nice. He uh-huh. normally
1: skates to places. Skates.
0: No, I normally drive to places. I skate when I'm really bored.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but and it's... when he's very, very bored, then he
0: walks. Yes. <laughs> So it was. Uh, it's been a. It's been an interesting week here at the network. Uh, Kyle cannot join us, unfortunately. He is uh, just getting over something quickly, so he will be back next week. Don't worry, he's still part of the team. <laughs> we all missed last week. He's missing this week. We're all good. Everything's fine. Um, but we got a lot to talk about our phone. We've missed two weeks of sports and we got to kind of catch up. So let's get right into it with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni. And after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or Follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy and Irfan. Let's start with the NBA. I know we normally don't. We're very we're very hockey focused usually at this time of year. But let's start with the NBA, man, because there's been some great games. Actually, let me correct that. There's been some great performances in the playoffs so far. I wouldn't necessarily say either team played great games, but individual performances. Have been incredible so far, and seven out of the eight teams are already set for the second round. We're just waiting on the last one between the Clippers and the Mavs. Is there anyone that really stood out to you? Uh, let's let's start with that.
1: Sure. Um, we talk about individual performances. I'll put that on the side for a little bit, but that Nuggets blazer series was absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed it. When Dame shows up in the playoffs, you have um, you have entertainment. Um, You know, CJ McCallum wasn't great, but I mean, you look at Damon, how he's been able to carry this team for the last four or five years in the playoffs, like uh, individual performance there. But like collectively, this series might have been one of the best series to watch just because, you know, the Nugs didn't have two or three starters. um, And the Joker kind of led this team, and it was a good series to watch in 4 2 to the Nuggets there. Uh, um, In terms of individual performances, you look at Luka Doncic, who's very much so carry this Mavs team through the playoffs. Um, Then you look at, you know, Kawhi Leonard, who's had 30 plus points in every game in in this series. And now you're going to game seven. So uh, like he came in clutch with 45 points last night, which, you know, got them that seven point win. So that's, that's been great in terms of individual performances. And then when you, when you want to look at like a very good collective team performance, I thought the Phoenix Suns did a great job, um, play in the Lakers and yes the Lakers haven't been healthy in the second half of the season but you know uh, kudos to Booker kudos to to Paul for really really getting them through and yes I know I'm focusing on on um, on the West so I'll move over quickly to the East there but um, the Hawks uh, you know I, I mentioned this to you guys a couple of weeks ago that I, I think the Hawks are going to be a dangerous squad and, and they showed it to the Knicks because I mean the Knicks looked sort of out of place
0: um, not the Knicks, too the Knicks much just looked young to me. That's that's the biggest thing that I saw. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because they are a young team. This mm-hmm. is the first time they've been in the playoffs in how long? Like,
1: like eight years. Yeah. They
0: needed that kind of experience. So I, I don't really blame the Knicks on that. And I thought, honestly, they didn't play terribly. They no. looked outmatched. Mm-hmm. But they didn't play awful. Like, honestly, the Lakers, to me, looked awful.
1: They did. They're very lucky to even have two wins. Like, LeBron
0: opinion, was... Okay, I wouldn't say LeBron was LeBron, but he was okay. Like he was the best player by far on the Lakers, and I don't think anyone would ever argue with me on that. But that, outside of LeBron, they had nobody. Everyone disappeared. Yep. No, you're you're not wrong
1: with that. Um you know, the rest of the East sort of played out the way it should have played out. Um that Miami sweep was a little surprising just because uh last year's finalists, uh you still have Jimmy Butler ready to go, but the Bucks mean business. So, I mean, if you're the second round in that Bucks nets series, is going to be super juicy. Uh, any surprises for you on your end? Because I kind of just went through every every matchup, basically.
0: Well, I, that's the thing. I don't think there was any real surprises, period. Like The Knicks-Hawks was a toss-up to me going into the playoff just because of how the Knicks played this season. But they were just overmatched by a team who was ready to go, and they just didn't seem ready to go for playoff basketball, which is fine. Um, if Dallas beats the Clippers, maybe that's the biggest surprise, uh, even though it's really not because they have one of the best young players in the league, but it would be a big surprise because the Clippers are supposed to be a championship team, right? Like that's what they've been touted as. That's what everyone calls them. They're a championship caliber team that hasn't done it. So if they lose to the Mavs in the first round, it is a bit of a surprise, but it's still the top three teams in each conference made it to the second round. And that would be both number five teams making it if the Mavs make it. So it's not really a surprise in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Doncic has looked phenomenal. I was looking at the stats. There's seven players right now that are averaging 30 points or more per game in the playoffs so far. And out of all of them, only one of them is out. Or sorry, two of them are out. Dame and Tatum. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that it, it bodes well for the playoffs. And, I mean, one more will be out because Doncic and Kawhi are also in that seven. So, <laughs> yeah. three out of the seven will be out by the time the next round starts. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of crazy to me, like, how good these young guys are. Like, you look at that top. You have Doncic, you have Tatum, you have John ja Morant, you have Booker, you have Young, you have Mitchell. Like, these guys are stepping up. Even Dylan Brooks is having a phenomenal playoff so far for Memphis, and they... I know they're out. I get that. But they didn't look completely out of place in that Jazz series. No. They got outplayed, 100%. The Jazz are the better team. And that's they're the number one team in the conference. Like
1: no You expect sh- that. No
0: mm-hmm. duh. Like <laughs> You expect it, as you said. But Memphis did not look out of place like I thought they might. That was no. the biggest thing to me. I thought they might look out of place. But they didn't. At any point, they did not look out of place, which is kind of... As I said, it's a bit of a surprise to me because I thought they were going to get swept and look awful. No, They didn't. But they didn't. They did not at all. And I, I don't know where to go in far as far as the surprise teams are because there really wasn't any. If I'm talking surprise players, I think LA, being as bad as they were, the Lakers, was a surprise to me. Yeah. Because they looked...
1: The Lakers are lucky... They looked lucky. They were lucky to make the, the playoffs considering the the, la- the second half of the season just wasn't for them. And, and you know, that, that comes down to, you know, AD not being healthy, LeBron not being healthy. You're, you're relying on Andre Drummond to kind of lead this team because there's no one else that can do it. Dennis Schroeder um, just didn't look great. And I think Magic Johnson called him out for it. And it's like, okay, well, this well, team just... to
0: be fair, Schroeder called himself out for it too.
1: He did. But, like, they just didn't look good. And, and that's not a great sign for LA, especially if LeBron's maybe got a year or two left and it's like, okay, well, are you going to go back to being be mediocre? Cause they looked mediocre this playoffs. Um,
0: yeah. And it's, it's just kind of crazy to me. Cause like you look at the stats about their shooting ability in the series, they didn't have a single spot on the floor where they were in the, like the green, everything was red except for in the paint and one of the corners where they shot 39%. That's not good yeah. enough. No. Nope. That is not good enough. You can't be shooting 21% from inside the three-point arc but outside of the paint. You cannot be shooting 21%. That's it's well, no. ch- not good enough. And it's really really bad when you look at the stats like you look at points per game on the team, you have LeBron James who is averaging 23.3. You have Anthony Davis was second with 17.4, and he only played five games, and Schroeder was at 14. They don't have a single double-digit point guy after that. It's not good enough. And this was supposed to be a team that was going to defend their championship.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, initially to start the season, yes, I think they were supposed to be where they are, but uh, like down the stretch, it just wasn't. They weren't healthy, and I I think we could have said to you that. I, I think Kyle to so mention this as well that the Suns just look much much better and it, and it proved the point.
0: Well, the Suns look great this year, and they kind of just continued to look great in the playoffs. And you can't. Yeah, ask I think you anymore. can go back to the.
1: I think you can go back to the start of the bubble yeah. uh, of last season when when the Suns sort of turned it on and um, just haven't looked back. And have probably been maybe the top three best teams in the league since then.
0: I agree. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you there, man. That's a great point, and I, I think it'll be fun to see how that Nuggets Suns series goes. So let's let's move on to looking at the second round matchups, and we'll we'll hold off on the Utah one because we don't know who they're playing yet. We'll talk about that one at the end. We got in the East: Philly versus Atlanta, and Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. And then in the West, we have Denver, Phoenix, and then Utah, whoever they end up playing, either the Clippers or the Mavs. Uh, which of the other three series do you want to start with, man?
1: Uh, let's do the East, because I did start at the West with my uh, my thoughts earlier. Okay. So, um, that 76ers-Hawks series, um, I, I think it's going to be cl- closer than a lot of people think. Um, I, I You know, like Doc's a good coach. I think the Sixers have been the best team in the East, but... I think the Hawks are going to push this, this Sixers team uh, to maybe six or seven games. Um, ultimately, I do think the Sixers 76 win this, win this game, but uh, the Hawks are just not going to roll over. And that's something we've seen with the Hawks uh, end of last season, uh, most of the season and, and against the Knicks, they just weren't going to get pushed around, even though they lost that one game. Cause I think, um, Trey Young kind of just lost his cool a little bit, kind of got uh, caught up in in the heat of uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, but, you know, he's a big-time performer, and we've seen it. So I think the 76ers come out of this one, but um, it's it's going to go to six or seven, in my opinion.
0: See, I, I don't agree with that, and the only reason I don't agree with that, I think the, I think the Hawks are a good young team, right? They think they're going to compete. But the only thing that I worry about, and this is a very simple thing, can they score enough in the playoffs to 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 compete with the 76ers who are a three-point shooting team outside of Embiid and Simmons cuz those two can't shoot threes for their lives but can they compete point-wise like you look at the series against the Knicks right they scored 113 once and then every other one was under 110 like yeah. that is low uh, that's this is going to sound ridiculous but that's low scoring for today's NBA It is. A lot of teams are scoring in the 120s consistently. So if you're scoring 110 all the time, are you going to be able to compete? And let's not forget, the Sixers are a better defensive team than the Knicks. Right? When you have a big body like Joel Embiid in the middle and you have three and D guys on the outside that all can, you know, stand up and block the three point shot, well, guess what? Now you're going to have to deal with a much better defensive team. Than you just dealt with and wiped mm-hmm. the floor with the last three games. Fair. So um, I don't. But you I don't also know look at going to be able to outscore the defense of Philly.
1: Probably, but you also look at the fact that the Hawks kept the Knicks under 100 points or under 96 points for the last four games this year. Right, and Where, I, I, so their defense might be might be able to maybe push them to to the game six or seven but i'm still saying that the 76ers are a better squad because of all the weapons that they have and the ability to to spread the floor out and they also have the experience with everyone on that team
0: i completely understand what you're saying my only thing is that you're playing a much better offensive team in philly you're playing a much better defensive team in philly right so it goes both ways yes they might be a better defensive team than philly faced in the first round but are they good enough to slow down the Philly offense enough to allow their offense to keep pace? That's the biggest question for me. I think they win a game, but I think this is a five-game series. I don't yeah. see it yeah. going very deep. Uh, but I would love to be wrong, honestly. I really would love to be wrong because <laughs> yeah. I love watching Trey Young when he's on. He looks so good. He looks so ready. Mm-hmm. So uh, Let's move on to the other East one, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. We're looking at Giannis trying to... Get over that hump in that Eastern Conference. He always gets to the second round. Sometimes he gets to the third round, but he doesn't have the team. The team looks good this year. I know they finished third, but they look like they came together near the end of the season. We talked about it in our playoff preview. How do they match up against this Brooklyn Nets team that is so good? Like, just look well, at I mean, those big three, right? Question. They are so good.
1: Exactly. Um, My biggest question would be who does Giannis match up with? Is he going to play up against Kevin Durant or is he going to try and slow down um, James Harden? Like that's my question um, in terms of the defensive scheme. Um, I don't think uh, Kyrie Irving, sorry, is going to be that big game changer, but uh, Durant and and Harden are going to to be the issue. So who does he – defend up against just to make sure that there's only one guy trying to score 40 points a night and not two or three, you know, and that's the, that's the biggest question. I think whoever, uh, Kumbo is going to play against, it's going to be, um, he's just going to have to cross them off. That's it. So, uh, the, 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 Bucks defense is going to have to show up obviously. And we saw that in, in the Miami series where they just suffocated all of their players. Um, I'm not sure that happens with with brooklyn but um like i i think this is probably going to be one of the best series we're going to see just because of how good the bucks like you mentioned have been this season but also the fact that the the nets themselves are healthy at the right time they have five to six options that can score it's just how are they going to distribute the ball because um, they did have a little bit of an issue in that boston game that the, yep. the Celtics won where they couldn't figure out who's taking the shot or who's moving that playoff. And obviously it was just one game, but when you're playing a better defensive team and a better collective unit than the Bucks you, you're going to see more of those games if they can't figure it out.
0: A hundred percent. And uh, I, you worry um, for the Bucs, Dante DiVincenzo got hurt in the first round, right? I, I don't know how serious it is, but he got hurt. How is he going to be able to play? Cause he was, he looked very good in the regular season Well, I won't say very good, but he looked good in the regular season and was a very competent player. You lose him, how, especially on the defensive end, how big is that going to be an impact, especially at the guard position, facing Kyrie and Harden every single game? That's a huge loss, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I know, again, I know he's not a super point guy. You know, he's not going to blow you away that way, but he's a defensive player. He keeps people to the outside. He's a good defensive three-point player that's a big key when you're playing against two high quality guards. And if he's not healthy, I, I can't even remember if he's even going to be playing in this game, in this series, honestly, but no, like yeah. if you no, lose him, either. but yeah,
1: you're probably looking at, I guess, Brian Forbes sort of slotting into that role. I don't know if it's going to work or maybe Jeff Teague, but um I think Dante's a better defender out of the three, um, especially if you want to slow Kyrie down, um, which, you know, it's not hard to get on his nerves, to just push him around a little bit. But um, if he's not stopped early, then you're looking at him getting 25 to 30 yeah. points at night as well. Right. Um,
0: Devin Chenzo's out for the rest of the playoffs.
1: So there you go. So you got to gotta, your...
0: you gotta find somebody. Uh, don't be surprised if P.J. Tucker starts at uh, shooting guard. Yeah, I would or not be surprised not either. maybe not starts maybe not starts, but plays shooting guard and tries to lock up hard.
1: I think that's actually the matchup I was uh, also thinking in my brain was that P.J. Tucker, if you can get on Harden, then you're looking at KD and, and Giannis, which I think will be a hell of a matchup um, yeah. just because both guys are just that good. And, and uh, no knock on Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant's a, a very good defender too, so not forgetting that part. Um, yeah. He's a good defender and he's a good scorer, so you're looking at two of the best players.
0: So, like, this, the head-to-head matchups in that series could be Drew Holiday versus Kyrie. Yeah. P.J. Tucker defensively against Harden. You're not going to get a whole lot offensively from P.J. Tucker, but that's not what he's I'm in okay there for. That. No, But I'm really okay with that. That's not what he's in there for. You get Chris Middleton for the Bucks going up against whoever the power forward is. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, the small forward. Yeah. And then you get Giannis going up against uh Durant. Yeah, or possibly we could also see Middleton go up against Durant.
1: Yeah, they can could do a be switch. An, which
0: could be an interesting thing mm-hmm. to try to free up Giannis on the offensive end. Uh, that could be another thing, but we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I, I think it will be a very good series. This is one that I see going at least six, mm-hmm. and I don't know which games the Bucks are going to win, but I, I have I have it going six, and I think it'll be a very interesting one. What about you?
1: Uh, I'd say six or seven for this one as well. It's just. Uh... This is a better Bucks team. And I think defensively, they've sort of tightened up this year. And, you know, every year I feel like they're improving defensively, but they also have weapons going the opposite way. Um, bringing in Holiday was smart. Bringing in P.J. Tucker was very smart on the defensive end for Tucker. But Tucker can come in and score 10 to 12 points for you, which, you know, in the playoffs, when you can't score against a good team, that helps a lot. Um I'm I, I think you know that the Nets defensive side might be a little bit of a question mark because you have two liabilities back there, but um I I think the Nets are a better team and it's gonna go to six or seven, but I think the Nets ultimately come out of the series.
0: Who's who's the two liabilities defensively?
1: Uh, Harden and Kyrie.
0: Kyrie's a good defensive player.
1: Uh he he hasn't been lights out in my opinion.
0: I'm not saying lights out, but he's a good defensive player. I would not call him a liability. He um, gets his right. hands he gets his hands in the lanes. He tries to steal the ball. Like he's liability.
1: This is my this is my bias of not liking
0: him. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Kyrie, but I will give him credit. Like he's not a defensive liability. Is he a great defender? No. There's no he's not. So like that's a,
1: sorry, I will recant my statement and say that he's uh he's not a, there are two not great defenders on this team that will maybe blow you away. Um maybe the one liability is James Harden because he doesn't Fair. Have any effort coming back there? Okay, I'll, I'll that, give
0: you that. No, I just, I'm just, I will defend Kyrie on that. I'm not a huge Kyrie fan, but I'll give him the credit where it's due. He isn't the mm-hmm. worst defensive player, like everyone assumes that he is. He's yeah. actually active on the defensive end. So yeah, great, but he's, he's not
1: good at shutting a lot of players down. <laughs> That's the only problem. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, let's move over to the West. Suns, Nuggets, two versus three. This is going to be an incredibly fun series, in my opinion. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be a very interesting matchup wise, especially with Jamal Murray out. Like if he was here, imagine that matchup between Booker and Murray. How much fun that would be, Irfan! Like we would be looking at one of the best matchups head to head. Much in the fun. Um, what mm-hmm. do you see from this one? I'm podcast? quite,
1: I'm quite sad about that. Uh, Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, I'm quite sad about this matchup because the Nuggets don't have their best players to play up against a very good, healthy Suns team. So to me, that's that's a little bit of fortunate. But um, yeah, like you said, Jamal Murray, uh, the Canadian boy, super happy if he was there, but unfortunately this sort of stuff happens but this this nuggets team is for the future i think they have enough talent so even if they get eliminated this year they they'll come back next year and they'll probably just be as good as they are this year so um i think the suns ultimately better
0: next year if jamal murray's healthy all year yeah
1: they're just gonna keep growing um i think the suns win this series they've just been so good this season and they're they've just figured it out and you know we haven't said this about a lot of teams this year but I think the Suns have figured it out. They know what everyone's position is. They understand their roles, and no one's bet. No one's going to be like, "Oh, I'm the guy." And it's like, "Well, no. You have multiple guys on this team that know how to carry this team. When you like, when when um, the Suns are having a hard time getting buckets, you had uh, CP3 creating opportunities for you, trying to spread the ball out, and that's what allowed them to get their offense going. Or you know, like you're just not getting the lanes open. There you go. Devin Booker steps up and, and uh, makes a, a big couple of points for you. So this Suns team is, is probably one of the best teams in this in this division, in this conference, probably in the league right now. If um, if they stay healthy, healthy and continue yeah. to, to play that collective, we're a team effort and mindset. So um, unfortunate for the Nuggets not to be healthy, but uh, I think the Suns win this in about five or six.
0: I have this one going at least six most likely seven, in my opinion, just because I think Jokic is going to put the nuggets on his back and say, we're going as far as we can. <laughs> and yeah. it's just going to be fun. I love watching him play. He is such a good player. And hes I still somehow think he's underrated, which is crazy to say because he's in the MVP conversation. But I think he's underrated. Mm-hmm. I truly think he is an underrated player in the league because of right. what he's able to do from his position and his size.
1: Mm-hmm. So... Well, if I was to ask you who are the three like who do you think of as the best players in the league? I don't think anyone says Djokovic Jovich, sorry. Um, like like that. Like it, it's probably Lebron, Kyrie, Harden, Steph. Like you're No, the three Don Chich- me, The
0: three to me always are gonna be like, sorry, right now would be LeBron, Steph, Durant. Right. And I would probably have Kawhi fourth.
1: Mm-hmm but you don't think of this guy because he's so like he just flies under the radar then has a performance like he did against a problem the playing tri-
0: in Colorado
1: <laughs> is this is this collective colorado sports
0: well yeah a lo- i find a lot of players just well i mean it's small market right mhm so like it's the same with portland like dame lillard was comically underrated for most of his career until he started hitting the big shots in playoffs because his team finally got there but regular season game is ridiculously good mm-hmm. right it's the same thing with like memphis john morant is going to be underrated i think for the next couple of years he's a great player is he at the level of all these other guys that we're talking about no and i'm not saying he is i want to i want to make that very very clear he's not at the level where everyone else is but he's a very good player he's one of my well, future i think he's one of the top seven six or seven point guards in the league mm-hmm. personally
1: definitely like you're looking at a transition from the older players and that older stock into that younger stock and i think we have that generational talent ready to sort of take over when everyone steps down
0: and and the other team that is comically underrated usually is the phoenix Suns. right so devin booker i think is underrated but that's uh, this is an argument that we don't need to make right now (laughs) because they're all in the playoffs and we get to watch them play um but yeah, I see this game going six or seven just because Jokic can carry people into into the next round if he needs to. Right? Yeah. I can just mm-hmm. see that happening. Um I guess the last one we'll quickly touch on Utah. Let's we'll do both options. Utah, if they play the Clippers or fun, how far do you see this going and why?
1: Um I think the Jazz are gonna have a good series against either the clips or the Mavs. I think that defensive unit that the jazz have um, the structure that they've put in, and there's a reason they're, they're the best team in the, yep. in the conference. Um, they're going to shut down whoever they have to face. Maybe they'll, they'll give space to one guy. Like if I'm playing the Clippers in the next round, I'm giving, I'm forcing the Clippers to pass the ball to Paul George. Cause George can't absolutely do anything anymore, which is very unfortunate with his talent um like he just didn't look good last night and, you, and when you have Ka- Kawhi and and rondo leading your attack like okay fine that's fair they're two very good players but you need a third um and the jazz are just going to force them to not use their best players and kind of shut everyone down so yep. and and same thing when you look over to the Mavs, you know they're gonna maybe close down Doncic, and then they're like okay who else can lead this this mavericks team and there's probably no one that, that comes to mind right away because What you don't like Porzingis? I do, but I mean Kristaps just hasn't been I'm just kidding. The guy that no, you know, but like he still hasn't (laughs) been the guy. Like he should be able to carry this team. That's the reason he was brought in and that's the reason he didn't want to play with the Knicks anymore, is because he wanted to win a championship or at least not be sitting at home during playoff time. But but it, it that's just what happens and um you know this this jazz team has such a good defensive core with Conley who's so good in your face um Rudy Gobert is a good defender uh, mitch donovan Mitchell is just he can play any part of the court he's just that good um so I think they'll have they'll be fine against whoever they face because they're just defensively suffocate them um so uh, that's about it.
0: No, I, I totally get what you're saying. I just wonder, and this is me personally wondering this, who can stop Doncic? I feel like their better matchup would be against the Clippers, and if they play the Clippers, I could see a sweep. I will say mm-hmm. that right now. Like, I could see them sweeping them. When it comes to them playing the Mavs, who who is going to be able to actually stop Doncic? As good as Mike Connolly is defensively and as good as Donovan Mitchell is, neither of those guys match up size-wise against Doncic. And he's he's a big dude. Let's not forget that. This is a 6-8 player who's playing mm-hmm. point guard. Yeah. And he has the ability to open up space. So let's say they double team him, right? Well, then you got guys like JJ Redick who is a three-point sniper just sitting on the side waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's where they're at right now, right? And it it's tough to argue that they're not that they're going to lose to the Mavs I don't think I would say that they would lose to the Mavs in eight in, in a seven game series but I think the Mavs win a game or two and make it oh like, yeah uh, make it a six game series as opposed to getting mm-hmm. swept like the Clippers I, I just don't see the Clippers putting any contest into the Jazz no which is crazy to say because they're now in game seven with the Mavs who I just said would take them to a six game series but matchup wise I just don't see it I don't mm-hmm. see it.
1: No, that's a that's a good angle to look at it. I mean, whether they shift Rudy Gobert into that, but that's all details. And but whether if you that shift
0: ha- Rudy Gobert, then Kristaps and Willie Cauley-Stein down in the paint are wide open.
1: They are. But-
0: right? So that's the thing. Like, you can't shift Rudy Gobert down on Doncic. He's too fast for him anyway. Mm. So you need a guy who's fast. And, like, if you look at it, and I'll, I'll pull up the roster now. There was a guy that I, I saw earlier when I was looking. But... Maybe it's a Jordan Clarkson who yeah. comes in defensively. But then do you kind of lose a little bit offensively, in my opinion, if you take out Conley or Mitchell to guard Doncic just with Jordan Clarkson. Right? I just I don't know what they do right now. Maybe it's a Joe yeah. Ingles as well. Maybe he comes in and tries to do that. Yeah. But no, neither of those guys really scare me offensively, personally. Fair.
1: No, fair. No, I mean, I think if you're comparing roster by roster and player by player in terms of defensive matchups and offensive matchups. Um, I think the Mavs might have a better chance at, at, at upsetting the Jazz than I think the Clippers do because the Clippers will rely on three players and they just you take away two. You have one that you just can't do much.
0: Well, it's not even that it's just that matchup position by position is a lot easier for the Jazz against the Clippers because Doncic is a unicorn, Right. A mm. 6'8 guy playing point guard is not normal. A 6'8 guy who can shoot from anywhere on the f- court, make any pass that they want, it's just not normal. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard to guard because you can't you're not, You can't guard that every day because it's not used to, you can't find a guy off the street to be a practice guy like that. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, sure. So that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy – Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at canadakickingacademy. on we're going to take a quick break. We will come back and talk some NHL. How does that sound? Thumbs up. All right, we'll be back after this. Hey, guys. It's producer Jake here from Betting House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast.
1: Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and, of course, picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials, at Betting House Pod, where you can catch all our bets each week, as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich.
0: All right, fun. we are back. We did NBA. Now let's go to the NHL. Playoffs are going on there too, I guess. So uh, we got to talk some second-round matchups, because we didn't really get to preview it last week, unfortunately. But we're already three games into three series, two games in in the north, and my God, this round is so much fun. <laughs> Every game, uh, actually, let me correct that. Every game that isn't being played in the North Division has been fun. Yeah. Even the Boston series, because that series, no offense, I was looking at that series and I thought it was going to be a snooze fest just because of the way the two teams play. No, it's been open. It's been open. It's been open. And it's been fun to watch. That Tampa Carolina series is just so much fun. Colorado Vegas. Vegas is incredible. If you can stay up and watch it on the East Coast, I highly, highly, highly recommend.
1: I double that. Yep. My second so
0: that. So much fun. The North Division, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> it's honestly, I hate saying it, but it is so boring to watch that series right now. Yeah. Did you? Maybe you, for. You watched the game like yesterday, 10, right?
1: I did. And maybe for like 10 minutes out of the 60, it was exciting. And then the rest was just like. Whoa, you found 10
0: minutes? I was like at three. Oh, and no. Two I was of them being, were at the end of
1: the game. <laughs> I was looking at the last five games of the, the five, sorry, five minutes of the third. And then I think there was like a, a couple of stretches in the first and the second. Then I was like, okay, it's picking up. And then something goes off, and you're like, hey, this is, what is going on? This they is watch. just ridiculous. Well,
0: and the crazy thing is like, you watch that game because it's the early game usually. Mm-hmm. And then you get the second game, which is either Tampa, Carolina, or Colorado, Vegas. Mhm. Here's like whatever team comes out of the north is going to get absolutely destroyed by whatever team comes out of the west. Agreed. Like it's not even going to be close. Who if Montreal wins this series because they're up 2-1 now. Let's let's start with the north, I guess. If Montreal 2-0. wins this series.
1: They're leading 2-0, right? Yeah,
0: they're 2-0. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. If they win this series right? Because they're now going back to Montreal with a 2-0 lead. Let's not forget that. So there's a good chance. Carey Price has played phenomenal and I give Carey Price full credit. I give this Canadiens team full credit because they don't have any like, I wouldn't say they have superstars on their roster. Would you Would you agree with me? There's no real superstars outside of Price. Maybe Weber, but he's not. Maybe. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call Weber a superstar anymore.
1: No, I I'd mean. i him a top defender. But, they have future stars on this yes, team. They just yes. don't have um, that name on paper that scares you, and the right. only one that does is Carey Price.
0: And yet, they they push the number one seed Leafs to seven games and win it in a game seven. And we'll talk about those god-awful Leafs after. And they're just they're playing as a team. And that's exactly yep. what you have to do in the playoffs. Like You don't need to have the best players in the playoffs. We saw it with St. Louis two years ago. Right? We saw it last year... Tampa came together. I know they had big-name players, but Tampa mm-hmm. finally came together and figured it out last year. The Islanders made it to the conference final. Dallas made it to the Stanley Cup final last year. Mm-hmm. Would you say Dallas was a top ten team? No, God, no. No. But they came together as a team at the right time. So this Canadian team is doing it, and they have obviously one of the best goaltenders in the league in Carey Price, and I will still argue that even though everyone says I'm wrong. I still argue he's one of the top five You're goaltenders not wrong. in the league. I know, but when everyone, he's, he's healthy,
1: he's old. when he's healthy and on top of his game, he's unstoppable. He's unbeatable. Like it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. And and I think people forget that they're like, "Oh, he plays for the Habs." And it's like, "Okay, so he plays for the Habs, but the fact that he's sealing games for the Habs who don't have anybody that scares you, there's something wrong with your team if they
0: can't beat them." Yeah. So I, I love to see Carey Price doing well, even as a Leaf fan, like I do love to see him doing well. But how far can he realistically take this team? If, like, honestly, if they get to the next round, can he get them past Colorado or Vegas? Is that even possible at this point?
1: Maybe steal a game. But, again, we've also said he can steal a game or two and then he steals a series for you. Um, But uh, this Colorado, Vegas, whoever comes out of that one, even Tampa Bay, Carolina, those teams are just built differently there's something yeah, but they're about on the them.
0: other side of the bracket that's why i was saying colorado yeah. Vegas in the next round like they'd have to get through colorado vegas yeah but I'm, I, I'm being positive Tampa for habs fans
1: up. here being ha- positive for habs fans here if you get past you know uh the next round as well like there's just waves of like i don't think they've seen a team come at them in four line waves, no. and i think colorado's an example of that vegas is an example of that Tampa Bay is an example of that where they Carolina can roll four too. and Carolina as well. Um, they can roll four lines, and you're just like, okay, hey, how do I stop every line? What's my matchup? I don't other, think they have that. A...
0: I will also say, sorry, I'm going to just add the Islanders can roll four lines. I wouldn't say they're as good as the other four teams that we mm-hmm. just talked about, but the Islanders roll four lines.
1: They do roll four lines. Barry Trotz loves his fourth line with um, Matt Martin and Cl- Clutterberg. Cal- Clutter. Thank you. I got you. Um, So, like, and I mean, Boston doesn't have a bad four lines like i think their their depth has improved this season but they're probably not at the same level as the other teams but again back to the point is montreal hasn't seen a team roll four lines on the go so well and so effectively because i don't think the leafs did a good job of that um i don't oh, think no. that the jets have that much like they have decent you know top uh forwards but they don't have that ability to to constantly run in any line to hem you in your own zone like that doesn't happen that hasn't happened in the North Division this season. So um, maybe the just, I think the level of competition is just a little bit lower coming out of the North, and that's fine. A little that's bit. fine. <laughs> Being positive here for, for our Canadian side. Because, you know, just, we want a Canadian team to win, but it's just we're just not built. Like none of the Canadian teams are built at that level. Maybe the Leafs were, but they just didn't show up. They just weren't good. And, and, we'll, and I know we'll talk about that later definitely. in the show. Um, but.
0: Yeah, here's my here's my big concern for the Montreal Canadiens. Other than, you know, not scoring, they only have out of their entire playoff roster, which is 21 players have played in at least four games for the Habs in the playoffs so far. 21, only 6 have a positive or neutral plus minus. So Carey Price is standing on his head yeah which is ridiculous um let's talk about the colorado vegas series because it's been
1: it's been the best series entertaining and that's
0: who the north division will play next so yeah uh, i strike
1: been, yeah go, ahead, go I mo- ahead i motioned to strike the first game cuz that was not anywhere close to indicative of how the series should have been playing <laughs> um no i'm I'm just messing with you but no,
0: I, I get what you're saying though like it was it was not indicative of how vegas was going to play mm-hmm. but it was also indicative of what colorado can do if you're not if you are not on your game and let's be honest vegas has had to play two basically perfect games the last two games and they only came out with one win yeah Right, that's just, oh. that just tells you how good Colorado is. Don't get me wrong. Vegas has looked good in the last two games. When you're out shooting Colorado, you're doing something right.
1: Mm-hmm. They just look good. Uh, that first game,
0: came, but the fact that they only came out with one win out of the two, that's a that's a big concern for me if I'm a Vegas player.
1: Like, oh, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough, but Colorado can turn it on like they did in game one. And I think if you're really looking at it and you wanna you wanna take away game one you can but you have to be aware like colorado can do that to anybody and they've done it all season yes so
1: yes but i think that that problem came out of vegas when they started robin leonard um i I don't know why they went with a cold goaltender in my opinion um i think that's sort of i
0: think it was more than Leonard though because they were they were yes okay they were getting out it was
1: more than leonard yes but i mean you're putting in a cold goaltender when he should probably come in and and make a big save like flurry's made absolutely amazing saves what he's needed to right um i don't think like again i agree with you i don't think vegas was prepared for the fact that the abs are going to onslaught them the way they did but i i still don't understand how do you not go how do you not go with your your goaltender that you've been riding in the playoffs who's been hot in the playoffs just let him stay like i know you want leonard to get that opportunity because he is a, a 1b1a sort of situation but um when you have Flurry, who's won a bunch of Stanley Cups, I would stick with them until he lets in seven goals himself.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm not arguing that at all. It's a, it's a bit of a conundrum in my head because you look at it and Flurry has a nine twenty two save percentage, so like including last night's game in the playoffs so far with a mm-hmm. sub two goals against average. He was your rock. I know you played seven games. I get that, but you played seven games with him. Like, why take him out? I get he's he's getting older, but he's probably said, no, I'm good to go. I'm ready. Let's go, coach. Yeah. And by the way, another just absolutely insane stat to me, and we'll get into it with the Leafs. Jack Campbell is the only goaltender with a sub-two goals against average and a plus 930 save percentage that didn't make it into the second round. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Anyway, we'll get into that. But I, yeah. I, just, I like stats, and you know that. Normally yeah, plays, and then that's why. Inch, so I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um... This series, I see this one going six, and I think Colorado wins it in six. I think they'll, mm-hmm. they'll win. Vegas will win the next game and make it 2-2, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Colorado will go back home, win game five. And then with the pressure on Vegas... Colorado will sneak out like a 3-2 or a a 2-1 win in game six just because it's going to be so tight. I I just see that's how this series is going to go. and There's no, absolutely nothing wrong with that if you're Vegas, in my opinion, because they will push Colorado to a lot of one-goal games. Like five out of the six games, in my opinion, will be one-goal games.
1: Yeah. This makes me... Sad to see that two of the best teams in the league have to face off against each other so early. Because it's a treat. You yeah. want this on main t- mainstream TV. Like you want people to yeah. be watching this game. Um, I was actually sitting with my 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 family watching this game because you know late night hockey is what you do when it's playoff time. And Maybe I started to think anything else. Yeah, and I started to think about that that rivalry between the Avs and the Wings. Do you remember yes. that in the early? That's 2000? the reason that I'm a Colorado is, fan. That is the this, reason
0: that I love this team.
1: This series has that sort of trademark it where feel. it does and and you even every rush, every dump in, every play you're like is that Lidstrom making a play? Like is that Sack doing that? Cuz it just has that 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 Detroit uh Colorado edge to it and yeah. I think this might be the new new early 2000 sort of battle between two of the best teams in the West. Well, um, listening I don't know if I'm front- allowed to make that make that um assumption but it just had that feeling.
0: No, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's a great call. And unfortunately they don't actually play in the same division normally. So we're not going to see it all the time, but in come playoff time, like we could see this as a Western central final Mm -hmm. multiple times for the next little bit, which could be interesting. I think, and it's funny you bring it up because they actually mentioned it on the broadcast. I don't know if you heard this, but they were comparing Rantanen to Sakic with his release ability, with his, with his play where, where he's just can do kind of everything. Right, and I'm like, huh, I didn't really think about that. Oh no! And then if you look I on the other, side, yeah, but I I remember hearing that, and then you look on the other side, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, they got they got kind of that Detroit feel. Like Patchetti is to me like a Henry a Zetterberg, right? Big body, kind of does everything, mm-hmm. and is a clean player. Like he just does that for his team. Um, so yeah, I love I love that comparison, Irfan. That is well done, my friend. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it just it just I was like, I had goosebumps when it was like a very close game. And I'm like, this is that 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 West final that you want to see every year. Like these are the two teams and and no knock to anyone else because I think the West is very deep. But this is what you want if you're the yep. NHL. You want this matchup and maybe a little bit earlier <laughs> if you can. Uh, so more people on the East Coast can also see how good these teams are. Um, but yeah, also well, I've told games, you this: when
0: the games are in Colorado, it's fine. They usually start at eight or nine anyway. So yeah, but I've also
1: told you this this season that I think I've seen more West Western Conference sort of games than yeah, I've seen any. Thesis. Yeah, <laughs> um, like, I think I've seen more Oilers um, abs and and Golden Knights games this season than I've seen Boston games yeah. and then that's just how it's been. That's um, just
0: because you've been working all day, and then you're finally done at ten, and say, "Okay, I'm done for the I day." Watch some hockey. <laughs> hockey. But like, I've been
1: I've been very lucky to see very good hockey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I that's agree. what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: I agree. Speaking of very good hockey, nice segue to let's go Tampa, Carolina, man. This this has also been an incredible series. I love watching Carolina play. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought Tampa would be the better team, and I still think Tampa is the better team. But my god, this is going to be fun! Like, yeah, we have two teams that are just so good. Neither willing to quit. Three one-goal games so far. It's very similar to the Florida series, in my opinion. Outside of the the first game for or the one game for Tampa, where they blew them out of the water, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even close. But even even then, like Florida won a four-one game in that series. This is just going to be back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I think those three teams are going to be competing with each other for a long time in playoff series somehow. I don't know how it's going to happen because they're not in the same division so that could totally screw up my thought. <laughs> Florida, Carolina, Tampa, huh, oh, I would love to see that over and over and over again. It's so much fun. You
1: talk about waves of offense and waves of defense like you you're seeing in those three series and those three teams, sorry. Um Carolina being able to go between Nedalkovic and uh Peter Maz um, Thank you. Um, and Rhymer even. And Rhymer even, but like you've seen them go back and forth, and it, it looks like they haven't skipped a step. No, they don't, um, they don't care. And and them. just no, it doesn't because you you know it's just like we know someone's gonna make a stop. We just have to score. Yeah. Um. And full credit to both teams, but also Tampa Bay for finding a gear. Like I feel like they haven't hit their stride, and they're still playing very well. Um, which is scary to say. Um. Because I do think they're they're probably the top three teams in, in in left right now and God, yeah. um and then there's Carolina slowly falling in behind them, but not much not far, not that far behind. Um
0: No, I think it's Colorado, Vegas, Tampa, Carolina, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. the other four teams are on a different level.
1: Yeah. 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 This is gonna be a good series. I still think Tampa squeaks it out because um, there's just something about this, this, this bolts team that I very, very much enjoy watching. Um, and they're healthy and they're healthy.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think Tampa wins it, but I still think this goes six or seven games. Like, of it, course, it's just going to be so much fun yeah. to see how it plays out.
1: That, uh, that Aho goal in overtime. I was like, this is going to be a good series. God damn it. Just gets the release at the right time. Yeah. There's like really four cool. bolts players around him yeah, and he still gets beautiful. the release off.
0: Oh. Speaking of good overtime goals, let's transition over to the Boston series. That I hate him with a red hot passion, but that was a good goal. That's a good shot. Like he placed, he could not have placed that any better, Brad Marchand. But that was a lucky shot.
1: Like I don't it know, it was if a lucky was...
0: shot. But that was where he was shooting, and you could tell. Like he had one shot, he took it, and tried to hit that corner, and managed to hit that corner. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Right. Like I give him credit. That's a great shot. Was Definitely. it luck? Probably. it was calculated luck is what I will call it
1: (laughs) we'll give him the calculated luck part of it but yeah Um, it
0: it is like he knew if he was going to score it was going to be in that corner so he threw it to that corner so mm -hmm. many things had to go right for it to still go in so that's where the luck comes in but it was calculated Mm -hmm. but this series is an interesting one to me Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it is to you too because you're a Boston fan and you're sitting on like needles every time you watch them play right now yeah
1: I have a big sigh of relief once we hit overtime, and this is probably the opposite of what should happen. But when overtime hits, I go, okay, you know what? Now I think any team has the ability to win it because there's just one goal. Yeah. Um, and and I'm quite surprised that the Isles lost in overtime because they had a 3-0 record going into overtime, just the way oh, they're able hey, to man. shut them down, I like shut imagine. any team down in overtime. i not to mention um,
0: how good Varlamov looked in the third period. Like, oh, he looked, yeah. He looked like a wall. Like it, it, it was not a goalie in that. It was a brick wall over the f- front of the crease. Mm-hmm and and that's
1: what allowed the the Isles to stay anywhere in this game yeah, um like the whole game in general um 100% but a lucky bounce off the boards i think a miscalculation on the fourth line and on connor clifton led to the isle's goal but no doubt like it, the fact that we've seen this time and time again if you have a hot goaltender that can give you saves at the right time carry price um you know you can you can score a lucky goal. You can score a bounce and go, there you go. We're back into this game. And now the other team's like, okay, what are we doing? Because when the Isles scored, it looked like the Isles were actually going to come out and win that game.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I thought they were. And honestly, Varlamov looked like the better goaltender in the third period. In my opinion, he was, he was mm-hmm. eating rebounds. I'm not saying Rask looked bad. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. he, was, he was giving up more rebounds. He wasn't eating the puck as cleanly as he normally does. And I'm like, oh, if they're going into overtime and this is how Rask is going to play, the Isles are going to score. Right? Like, yeah. I, that's just what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then you saw you saw what he did in overtime. And it's like, oh, there he is. We found him. <laughs> he was he, <laughs> he was, was just confident in the third period. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you you look at that, it's like, oh, OK, so this team yeah. isn't just just worried about Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand trying to score goals. They yeah. still have Raskin now. OK, <laughs> so it's fine. Um,
1: a really interesting stat that I came across because I know you like stats was that I think um that Krejci, Hall, and Smith line was like 15-0 on shots when they were in the offensive zone, uh, or like non-offensive zone, but in the game, like they were just out shooting anyone they were facing, um, which is which is good for the Bruins, especially when we've talked about depth in this playoffs is having a second line that can can do something and, and full marks to Taylor Hall for remembering to back check for the first time in eight years
0: really wow okay i'm calling out (laughs) hall
1: well can you know what though i haven't seen him back check like this since the junior his junior days when he's able to i'm not denying
0: that it's just funny that you're calling out a guy who you guys picked up at the trade deadline and has looked really good since you picked him up
1: uh this is tough love buddy welcome to (laughs) boston no no he's been to be honest let me praise him a little bit he's been one of the best players um in a bruins uniform this this playoffs he's just played 200 foot games he's playing with a good centerman he's he's understanding the culture in boston and he's understanding the grit that he needs and he's he's done a great job with it so um but i really enjoyed the fact that he's he's been back checking a lot more um getting into the play a little bit more not just sort of dangling on the side and hoping for something to happen Um, but
0: speaking of taylor hall the team that he started the season with won the nhl draft lottery for the sixth time in the last nine years because the Buffalo Sabers are going to pick number one, and that is are a they going to ridiculous gonna... stat? I'm sorry, I love it, it, but it is a ridiculous stat. It's
1: either it's either the Sabers or the Oilers that's gonna gonna <laughs> get a no, first. No, but
0: he was New Jersey got the number one yeah. pick the year that he was on that team. Mm-hmm. The Oilers got two. Sabers.
1: Yeah. Sabres, yeah. Um... Hey, are you saying Boston might get a first no, round has, pick next he has, season? He
0: has to start the year with them. Ah damn! <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out the, which teams. Hold on, because I got I got those ones.
1: So while you do that, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the Isles. I've I've loved their defensive shape, and then this is something for Perry Trotz, but they've looked good going forward. Like they've good they've looked good in the offensive zone, and and they just haven't looked out of place, and and. I mean, when you talk about Barry Trotz, and you think defensive, but you also remember the fact that when they won the Stanley Cup in 2018, he had a very good balanced offensive team and a good defensive team in it. And this Isles team maybe not at that same level in terms of having ov and not having ov, but they're they're like Josh Josh Bailey's become such a good player for the Isles. Um, Matt Barzell gets a goal uh, the other night. Looks good. Um, Varna Lamov can renew game so. This Isles team is going to be tough. I think they might be a better competition for Tampa Bay if they if they come out of this series. Um, But yeah, who's who's to know? Who's to know?
0: Yeah. So sorry. This is the fifth time that Taylor Hall's team won the draft lottery. He was drafted with a lottery winning pick, Mm -hmm. and he was also traded for a player who was drafted with a lottery winning pick.
1: He's luck for it's lottery.
0: ridiculous. Anyways,
1: um, <laughs> sign him for a year and trade him mid-season. <laughs> Is that the
0: plan? Well, that means you have to miss the playoffs, though.
1: No, I don't want that. Never mind.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, quickly, let's talk Leafs and then we'll get out of here. Uh, yeah. What happened? What happened in this series, man? They looked good for four game, five game, four games, four games, five games, four and a half, four and a half games. Yeah. Four games. No, they were up okay. 3-1. Four games. They were up 3-1. They looked good for four games. Even in that game that they lost early in the series, they looked good. What the heck happened the last three?
1: You know how every series has that one moment where you're like, crap, this team's going to win or lose? I think it happened. I'm okay losing game five because obviously you know it's the pressure of playing at home and whatnot, and, 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 and it's just and tough Kerry to do Bryce. that. Yeah, so I get that, but game six, that defining moment for me where I was like, crap, is this going to be another Leafs loss? And it ends up happening is that Mitch Marner uh, delay a game penalty that led to the five-on-three eventually. Um, second one, yeah. Yeah, it's just you can't be doing that. And that, to me, the minute that happened, I was like, oh, crap, the Habs are actually going to win this series. Um, And it's just the way everything, all the momentum, all the luck sort of just flushed over to the Habs after that moment and – I don't think they look back and obviously you shouldn't, but they just look like the better team from then until the end of the series. And, and to me, the Leafs were probably uh, hard done not to win game five, but, um, or kind of close out the series then, or even stay in the series in game six. But after that, it was that mistake to me just changed everything for the Leafs. It
0: was just stupid mistakes that killed them. Every mm-hmm. single goal that Montreal scored from game five onward was mostly a stupid mistake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Both overtime goals were awful mistakes. Yeah. And just unnecessary. Especially the game five one. Passing it across the blue line and not even like whiffing on the pass. You can't do that in overtime. You can't do that.
1: They're taking they were taking leaf chances at the wrong
0: time. And then the Dermot one like I don't blame Dermot for having a bad game like someone has to call them off and just say dump it out mm-hmm. but you gotta know like you gotta be aware of what's going on and they weren't and it cost them dearly also what was that challenge by the way for goaltender interference i was like what are you are you dumb it's clearly not goaltender interference and you already have a penalty, so now you're going back on a five on three like that's just stupid what it are you was
1: thinking just- Collectively, for some reason, once Game Six hit, the thought process and the thinking for the Leafs just one it disappeared. And you're like, you can't do that to a guy in that for you, Jack Campbell. Like you said, the stat earlier in the show where he was lights out. That like you look at that stat and you compare it to me, and I say that goalie's got this team going to the next round.
0: Yeah, if I if I the- read off the stats and I read like three of the top te- top goaltenders in the playoffs, you would say all three of them would have got to the next round. Jack yes. Campbell was third. Yeah is um, stupid. Yeah. Um, I wanna get into what the Leafs are gonna do, but you know what? Let's hold that conversation till next week, till Kyle's back. Yep. And we'll we'll talk about what the Leafs can do in the offseason. Obviously we have to. We're Toronto based. We gotta talk about it. We got a lot and there's so many question marks on this team. So we'll we'll come back with that next week. Um I guess that's it, Irfan. So let's get to our final thoughts for the week, my man. Uh you sure you, you start us off.
1: Um the one that I had was Canada at the World Championship started 0-3 and now have won every game since and are going to the finals. So good on Team Canada for doing that. Um they they didn't look good the first three games. I was watching oh, a couple they, of the highlights. They looked awful. I watched um, those games. They were awful. They got smacked around by the states, but then beat the states yesterday um or earlier today. I can't remember when the game what time the game was. But anyway, um just, um, just uh, kudos to the boys. Good luck for the final. Let's kick some. But um, what a turnaround. Uh, that's oh, yeah. that's my final thought.
0: Yeah. Um. My final thought is, dude. Euros start next week. Yes, they do. On Friday they they start, so we're gonna have to talk about that Saturday as well. <laughs> <laughs> um. Lots of teams going into it. Pretty hot. Italy looks pretty good going into the tournament. Portugal looks really good going into the tournament. Belgium is looking okay. I would say yep. they're not they're not flying high, but they're also probably one of the best teams in the tournament anyway, so they don't need to go in flying high. England looks like they have a good roster. Could this be their year? So many question marks, so many things that could go, and I love seeing these kind of tournaments. I love the, uh, the Copa America. I love the Gold Cup. I love Euro. It's just so much fun. So we're going to have some fun, my man, you and me over the next little bit watching soccer.
1: Yep. Yep. We'll have a, a mini preview show maybe midweek with touchline. So keep an eye out for that. But Beautiful. then, uh, but then uh, next weekend we'll talk about the first day, uh, when we have our graduate sports episode. Absolutely. Maybe yeah.
0: we pull page on to talk about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Bring her maybe. on. She'll be we'll in see. our time zone. She'll be maybe. in our time zone by then. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We won't, we won't guarantee that, but maybe we pull her on for the main show. <laughs> um, That'll do it for us here at Garage Door Sports. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Garage Door Sport, on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. Make sure you head over to the website, garagedoorsports.com, for all of the shows. If you're looking for me, it's at Nick McVicker. If you are looking for Irf on, it's at Manji. And don't forget to check out our other co host, Kyle at Kyle Vardy. Uh, he will be back next week, hopefully. I'm assuming he'll be back next week. We'll, we'll talk about that throughout the week and figure that out. But he should be back next week.